This is the Mindset Game podcast. I'm your host, James Rhodes. And today's guest, I've got Ben Files. So welcome onto the show, Ben. Thank you very much, James. Great to be here. So for the people that don't know you, can you give a brief, brief introduction and a little bit more about yourself? Yeah, so my name's uh, Ben Files. I'm a, well, I own a facility in Chester called S3 Fitness. This year, we were nominated for UK Functional Training Gym of the Year 2016. Uh, me, personally, I've been in the industry a few years now and uh, had my own business for close to seven years now, uh, own fitness business for seven years now. I'm personally a TRX training master trainer, a trigger point therapy master trainer, a functional movement screen specialist, precision nutrition coach, um, also done the Exos uh, performance specialist certification, fitness specialist certification. Uh, I'm a rugby union coach level two, swimming instructor level two, uh, a third degree black belt and a personal trainer. Um, I've done my kettlebell qualifications and uh, functional range conditioning qualification, uh, Welsh weightlifting, UK strength and conditioning courses. So I've got a few few things under my belt, you know. <laughs> so it's good I left you to to sit name all that because we'd be we'd have been here all day if I. Can you, <laughs> you, you see some podcasts? What I've done in the past, you can see the person kind of getting bored and say, come on, let's get on with it and, and things like that. So I think in most cases, they've been there and done it. So I think doing it an introduction and letting you introduce yourself is, is probably a better way of of come, starting the show and you can kind of give your own take on what you've done. Definitely. So you, you're touching on, so we come back to that introduction and touch upon the fitness aspect of things why yeah. did you what was the kind of the catalyst for you wanting to get into fitness in the first place i've always been into uh, fitness and health um originally i was uh i i was a fully qualified firefighter for 13 years uh, with merseyside fire and rescue service um, I got into training at the gym solely to get into the fire service. Uh, the more I did it, the more I thoroughly enjoyed physical fitness. I found it, it um, interesting how the body adapts and how you can you know, increase your muscles and uh, the benefits of being fit and healthy. And while I was in the fire service, that's when I got qualified in me swimming instructing and did my martial arts and did my rugby union coaching. And when I decided I was going to leave the fire service to pursue a fitness uh, or a career in the fitness industry, um, it was just a, just a natural progression, to be honest. I'd always been physically fit, thoroughly enjoyed it, and just it was the next stepping stone to, to forge my own career in the industry, really. And then touching upon what you were saying in terms of the firefighting service and fitness, is... I can see a little bit of a crossover between being in the firefighting service and to what you do now because there's a little bit of a little bit of a similarity. Is that is that why you decided to go into functional training now as to using a little bit of your expertise in your previous life? 
Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, we used to train together as a as a crew. Uh, we we had uh, gyms on site and stuff like this, and it was nowhere near um, the facilities that we would have found beneficial. You know, we'd have a an old rowing machine or maybe a treadmill and some various weights of dumbbells. Certainly not uh, incremental or anything. There was just like whatever <laughs> over. So we used to do all that kind of stuff. But it was very much still the old bodybuilding, um, split sets, legs days, arm days and stuff. And then we got into circuit training. So we did do a lot of circuit training in the fire service. And then when I came out of the fire service, I think I came out of the fire service when, certainly when the more exp- um, and there was an explosion of functional training, as in the kettlebells made a resurgence Um you know, more body weight was making a resurgence again. It was going, uh, you know, battling ropes were starting to come onto the scene. More people were, because of the explosion of MMA, so more people were taking up the boxing. They were, so I think I came out at the right time when functional training was definitely starting to uh, find traction again in the industry and, and take it up from there, you know. And then you touch upon a little bit there, the differences between... Uh, battle ropes, kettlebells, uh, functional training. Can you give a little bit of a synopsis as to what are the benefits between the three in in your personal experience, uh, your personal opinion? Sorry, of the kit themselves. Yes. Yeah, I mean it, it's interesting, really. I mean, um, I love TRX and you know TRX and master trainer stuff, but. Um, I'm often I'd hate to get pigeonholed as the just the TRX guy because TRX is is an absolutely amazing piece of kit. But if somebody wants to come to me to learn how to Olympic lift, TRX is, isn't going to do much for them. However, if I get them to move correctly on the TRX and then get them on the bar, then that's that's beneficial for the pyramid. So, I mean, the TRX is great for getting people move better and for body weight training and for core work. Um, obviously, if I then wanted to um, go in through the education that I've gone through, um, I can then look at battle ropes and, and they're great for cardiovascular, they're great for some explosive work, uh, great for endurance work. Um, so, uh, you know, battle ropes for those. But again, kettlebells, absolutely brilliant. Again, for um, uh, posterior chain work, so really lighten up your glutes and your hamstrings. Um, I love the portability of them and how such a light kettlebell, if you know what you're doing, can, can suddenly become the heaviest thing in the world, you know? Um, so I love the benefits of kettlebell training. The, the, the metabolic work you can get through kettlebells is unbelievable, you know? So there's, it, it, again, it's, I think the biggest thing for me is a, ki- a piece of kit is just a piece of kit. It's the education that then backs it up and gives you the knowledge of how to use that kit that is really, you know, really valuable, you know? Well, that's a definite insight uh, as to why, like, like you say, it's, it's only a piece of equipment. It's what you do with it. Not, 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 well, how would I say it? It's, it's, Oh, I can't. I've lost my train of thought a little bit. It's not what you do; it's what you do with it, as opposed to what just what it is. But in not those simple terms. So coming back to the battle rope. Um, well, I don't know whether or not to bring the story up or not, or 
Oh, yeah, go on. Uh, obviously, I, I had the opportunity to train with you, or what was it be now? About, f- about four years ago, wouldn't it be? After, yeah, after, a while ago, wasn't it? After, after London, and uh, for the listeners to kind of put it in perspective, uh, I'd been, well, just come back from the London Paralympics, give us a few months or so, and... I had the bright idea to get in contact with you to do a little bit of training, and I think we would probably, you probably attest to and probably agree, uh, we both probably thought that I was fitter than I actually was. Take a to admit that, sir. Well, it's probably that, it's probably that, it, it's, it's, that mindset that I have, it's, it, 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 I, it's, it will depend on the day whether I want to actually go into it yeah, and push myself that hard. Sometimes I won't, but that's the nature of the beast. It's not my profession. Well, it is and it isn't my profession anymore. Okay, from the aesthetical side of things, it is. So I need to be in shape. But to actually push myself to that point, like I did with you on that day, I'm not paid to do it anymore. So to kind of condense it in and cut a long story straight, uh, obviously you had me do... Do you still have that battle rope and that long one? Uh, What was it? It was... Do you you remember what the actual warm-up was or the time frame off the top of your head? I can't remember off the top of my head, but we were doing doing little interval training, like a bit of hit training with the battle ropes, weren't we? And to put it into perspective for you guys, um, I think it was... I'm going to say you made me be sick at least once in the warm-up. And I'm going to say to date, have I been sick in a warm-up? I'm going to say that might be the the only time ever that I've ever been sick in a warm-up. And then, okay, I I had a lie down, cut, cut my breath. Then we did a little bit more, and then uh, sick again. I don't. I don't know if it was because the confines of that that environment that you had in um, big storage unit, or if it was yeah, that yeah. had a little bit to do it. Uh, uh, Travelling in and having lunch. It's probably a multitude of factors that made me be ill. It's it's probably opened my eyes to the fact that you might think you're. Fit, fit, but until you actually do something at, at a high intensity, you won't know. So it, it kind of puts perspective. And if I kind of bring it forward to what would it be? A few months ago, I was uh, told by my or by our what was his what was his job title? So the chief is that for disability sport Wales. He said to me, "Oh, you you should really be in in Rio now." I was thinking. Okay, I'll agree with you, but to a certain extent, if I take on reflection that 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 comment and sentiment, and then and analyze it a little bit more, maybe from the aesthetical point, yes, I look that I'm fit. But coming back onto that point, it is my profession to be in shape, so I need to be in I won't say prime condition, but near enough that to be able to 
kind of guide people as to well, to, to um, I won't say if you want to look like me because that's that's quite demeaning, but if you would like to get to that level of fitness, okay, there's a commitment, um, work ethic, okay, time management, and all of those things obviously come into play. Diet and things like that. That is a part of who I am now. But if you looked at it from a sporting perspective, it would have to depend on what sport that was, whether I could compete. If it was cardio, if it was anything to do with cardiovascularly, be it okay, my older sports of swimming, rowing, or and okay, I happened to go into another sport that is of that nature, no chance. I, I, I'm, I'm. I, I know for a fact that if I compared myself to back then, I'm nowhere near fit fit enough to be able to. One, I'll probably be able to do some facets of the training, but the the harder stuff in terms of um, lactate tolerance um, and just that, uh, how would I term it? The stuff that's you're ox- oxygen deprived and still having to bang out exercise, I probably would struggle a lot because. Okay, to put it in perspective for the, for the listeners, what was I training on average? It would be as a, an aerobic athlete, it'd be anywhere near thirty hours a week. I think maybe at, at best I might be able to get ten now. So it's putting it into perspective. I'm doing. I was doing three times as much, and that was my life. So I only had to tr- train we'll say on average two to three times a day depending on what time of the, what time of the week it was do we have to do gym as well and things like that whereas now it's I've only got to do one session and that's go to the gym and that's it there's no well it will have a component of cardiovascular in it but not to that extent so to come back onto that point what we were discussing about training with you Ben uh I think there's not been very many times that I've actually when I've actually been training that I've actually been sick and to do it twice it twice in one session it's never happened. Okay, it might be a case of if you used like you were saying we should say that wasn't the goal we were aiming for, <laughs> was it? We weren't we weren't going all out to make you sick or anything like I say I think it was uh, a few a few different factors were kicking in that day with the travel and the eating and stuff that caught you off guard as well, you know. Oh, it's it. It was probably coming back. It probably comes back to that mindset. Okay, I what? Well, in theory, I technically, still was an elite athlete then, and it's thinking. Well, to a certain extent, you're indestructible. Thinking, well, I was doing X amount of training, so I should be fit. But not taking into perspective the cardiovascular element and thinking, well, volleyball is very much, which I finished my career on, is very much an explosive sport. It's, I don't know, a rally may last at maximum maybe, I don't know, a minute or two, whereas the other sports are very much, 
rowing, for example, is very weather dependent, so a race could last anywhere between what are they ranging now? I think about four, four minutes. I think the quickest is to. Ooh, if, it was, if it was bad enough, it probably could take up anywhere close to six minutes to do a race. So it's 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 the actual strains on your body from a physiological standpoint are a lot more are a lot greater. Sorry, on the aerobic side, whereas for me, well. I wouldn't say I wouldn't say I was a fast twitch athlete to any 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 degree. Okay, I probably if you well, I wouldn't know unless I did the bi- a biopsy to actually see well what this is your actual muscle type. This is probably my thought. Okay, well I've not never been quite good at sprints, so this is where I fit in. In terms of uh, where I think my uh, tight fibers are, so I would say I would be probably more type. More, I'd be more slow switch, slow twitch fiber. I'd have more slow switch fibers as opposed to fast twitch. Whereas without doing the biopsy, I wouldn't actually know. So it could be a probably. I probably I've been able to switch between sports so I probably have a probably a mixture. So that's one of those ones. It's well it's half a dozen of one, half a dozen of the other. So what actually athlete it's probably one of those most of the population are probably that. So you, you, you in most cases I don't know where you'd fit in in terms of sport. It's 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 kinda of, you're a hybrid so in some cases some sports you wouldn't work because you're not you're not dominant in one and you're not dominant in the other, so it, it kind of doesn't work. But then, looking at it from a Paralympic perspective, I think we all, or I think I'll generalise a little bit here, I think with all the disabilities, they kind of adapt ways to make themselves better and get the best out of their disability. So coming back to a little bit less about me, and I'm back to you. Um, what are what what do you believe to be some of the benefits of functional training as opposed to, uh, say, Olympic lifting? Uh, and uh, when we when we touched upon a little bit off air, um, the powerlifting um, uh, tr- phases of training. Yeah, I mean. It- what you've got to—I don't like um, saying functional training is is the be all and end all. Just like strength training isn't the be all and end all. I think if you, the more tools you get in your toolbox, uh, the more you're able to accomplish. Basically, so what I would say is something along those lines. If I was going to say where would functional training fit in to make your your powerlifting better or something. I might say, well, I tell you what. Before you you get onto your powerlifting or your strength training, you could use the function. Well, let's let's look at the um, the powerlifting. You might look at uh, increasing the range of movement by using some stretches by using the TRX to improve those stretches or something. You might look at um, if it improving the depth of the squat by actually um, breaking the squat down, taking it off the weights. 
and using the suspension trainer to or the TRX trainer to improve that person's squat by looking at the mechanics. Are they squatting correctly? Can they deload the squat so they then learn the pattern better? If they learn the pattern better, they're then going to get stronger in the squat. Um, Olympic lifting, same thing again. Um, what kind of uh, can you go for um, getting ready for your explosive Olympic lifting by performing um, squat jumps by holding onto the suspension training for a bit more stability and stuff? Um, so functional training-wise, that's where I would say they would marry in. Whereas if you said, well, I want to improve um, range of movement, uh, yes, Olympic lifting's great for it, but it's not great for me mother uh, in her 60s or something, you know? So it might not be beneficial for her. So it's that thing of who's your client, what are they training for, and then, like I say, um, putting them on that individual piece of equipment. So everything, I think, like I say, everything's got its own benefits, and it's it's having that knowledge of saying, I mean, functional training it for me is saying, right, what does James want to get better at? He wants to get better at his rowing. Right, okay, well, let's get him doing a little bit of strength training and a little bit of functional training, as in let's get him doing some rows on the suspension training, putting the two together. So whereas, right, my mum comes in, what is the function she wants to get better at? Well, actually, she wants to be getting it better at walking up and down the stairs. Okay, then I'll get her on the TRX and get her to do some reverse lunges and stuff. That is uh, her function that I want to improve is to is uh, walking up the stairs. Yours is doing the rowing. So therefore, you're going to do some weights and the TRX. She's just going to use the TRX. So functional training for me is what's your goal and how and what is the best piece of kit that would improve that, uh, getting you to that goal basically. So yeah, well, it probably comes back to that philosophy of which is probably all trainers should do, is adapting to the client and what the clients need as, as opposed to, well, this is what I do. <laughs> We're going to just generalize every facet of training to yeah, kind of it, fit my mold. Yeah, I love it, brother. You've hit the nail on the head. Is I, I learned a great phrase. It was a, a few weeks ago. I love my little phrases and tweaks. And one of them is that the client should fit the exercise uh, sorry, the exercise should fit the client and not make the client fit the exercise. So I, I think deadlifting is a great exercise. However, some clients, because of their build, then deadlifting with a, a straight, a normal Olympic bar, no good for them. So would it be beneficial for them to do a deadlift using a kettlebell or would it be better deadlifting using a hex bar? And a lot of the clients have got onto the hex bar and because they can step into the bar, because the bar goes round them and it's closer to the centre of gravity, it's cleaned up so much more movement. So when it comes to deadlifts, that's what you do. So, the, you know, you go, what can the client do? Let's get an exercise that fits them, not force them into a specific exercise because that's what you're great in. So, you know, not everybody needs to Olympic lift. Not everybody needs to go on the suspension trainer. Not everybody needs kettlebells. But a lot of people need bits of everything. <laughs> and to come back to that point that you raised about deadlift and it not fitting some people's moulds, is it a case of their technique isn't quite right or is it a multitude of different things? 
It can be. It can be a multitude of things. It can be that their technique isn't great. So you might literally stop them and go, okay, when have you deadlifted before? Um, well, I saw it on YouTube and now I've pulled me back. So it might be the case of, well, I'll tell you what, I'll teach you the correct technique. Now, does this clean it up? Yes, it does. Brilliant. That's how you work from there. Now, you might teach them the correct. Now, they might have, uh, you might get two people who are exactly the same size, but they let one of their leg lengths, as in one of the girls uh, might be, so they might be the same length, but one of them's got longer legs than the other and a shorter body. So which is actually going to put their mechanics out. So they've got two different sets of mechanics. So now it's like, well, you might prefer deadlifting with a bar, but you might prefer deadlifting with the hex bar. So now it's they've, they've both got great technique, but because of their body mechanics and leg length and, and torso length, it just might not fit the best, you know? So that's where you start saying, okay, your technique is great, but now, actually, let's try a different piece of kit and see if that fits you any better. And for for people, this is probably a generalisation a little bit. If people didn't have access to a hex bar, what would your advice be in terms of we use the deadlift as an example? What would they do if that was the case? Uh, be it uh, the technique isn't quite right, uh, like you said, with the body mechanics is slightly off. What would, what, would, what would those people do in that case? Okay, so um, I would say, you know, now have a look at a different type of deadlift. So if you're going for a, a normal deadlift, um, do you need to adjust the hands width? Do you need to bring it here? So if, the, if you've only got a bar and your technique, first of all, look at your technique, have a look in the mirror, or, uh, I mean, I always get the stick. I always literally get a wooden, wooden dowel across, um, along their back to make sure their, their spine is in line and everything else. Um, so have a look at your technique. If a normal deadlift technique isn't working, then there's plenty of different variations on that. So if you've only got the bar and you definitely want a deadlift, but the normal deadlift technique isn't working for you, now do you have to separate your feet a little bit wider. Now do you have to bring the, the hands into the center to adjust the grip a little bit better. Um, do you? Is there any way of... Maybe the bar, if you're lifting it from the floor, is actually too low for you to start with. So if you've got any lifting blocks or anything that you can lift, put underneath the, the plates either end to lift the bar up slightly, so now you don't have to go as low, is that protecting your back? Does that feel better? Yes, it does. Well, then there you go. I almost call it like the Sherlock Holmes uh, effect, where instead of trying to do so many changes and saying, right, I'm going to do this, this, and this, make one small change, and does that work? If it does, no problem. If it doesn't, try another small change. Does that work? So uh, that, that's how it's, it's, it's almost like a, a power of deduction. So uh, work your way through uh, little changes. If it works, keep going. If it doesn't, don't do that again. <laughs> well, it's, it's something that you, you touch upon there that you could, um, obviously from the fitness side of things, we also look at, nutrition that's something that you could uh with the doing that sherlock method as you say you could place into nutrition and say uh well especially with things that you 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 say quote unquote are intolerances okay you could do the same thing with that okay take that out of your diet see how you get on okay it's not that what's making me well say bloated for example yeah. Uh, okay, try something else and then so on and then you find the root cause as to 
what is causing that inflammation, and there you go. That's what you well, you either have to exclude it completely or have it in moderation. But then you know that is the cause of the problems. Yeah, but then yeah. Without that- doing all those steps, you just assuming okay, I've got this intolerance, and you're just vi- I won't say victimizing. You're uh, kind of putting blame on something which may not be the case that's causing something. Yeah, yeah, most definitely. Yeah, yeah, that's, I mean, precision nutrition, that's one of the things that they go off is small changes uh, over time. If you make too many changes over time, you know, uh, too many changes, uh, all of a sudden you might not know what works, uh, what habit is going to stick, what habits aren't going to stick. So, yeah, I'm a, I'm a huge fan of, as you say, taking that analogy and also putting it into healthy eating and stuff is small changes over time will make a bigger difference, you know? And coming back a little bit, Ben, and looking at the differences between the different components of functional training that we were discussing a little bit off air, um, you were just you were saying that they've brought out a new bit of kit. What are, for the people that, that don't know about TRX, what are the differences in the sort of equipment that you can get hold of nowadays? Yeah, yeah. So TRX was originally um, invented and founded by a former U.S. Navy SEAL, uh, Randy Hetrick. The company's been going 10, 11 years now. Um, they originally started with the uh, TRX suspension trainer, um, brought out uh, not only the piece of kit, but obviously the exercises and the education to follow that up. They then followed that up with the TRX RIP trainer for rotational power and speed. Uh, they've recently, just this year, um, back end of this year, launched the new TRX Duo trainer, which has been designed uh, with uh, Kelly Starrett from Mobility Ward, so CrossFit and stuff. Um, it's their take on the uh, an updated and improved version of like Olympic ring training. Uh, so they've just brought that kit out. They've also uh, they're also bringing out their own line of uh, plyo boxes, battling ropes, wall balls, uh, foam rollers, mini bands, elastic bands. So they've realised that the suspension trainer is a great piece of kit, and that's why it's it, um, you know it's been used for many years now, and a lot of uh, top flight athletes use it and stuff. Um, but they've also been seeing that again, it's. Uh, as we were discussing off here, it's not only the, the, the kit, and we've, we've mentioned previously, but it's not only the kit, but it's how to get the most out of that kit. So now that they're bringing out other lines of um, kit, they're going to bring out the education to back it up. And I mean, they, they, all, they already run their own functional training course, uh, which is learning how to take the fundamentals that you've learned on the suspension trainer, the TRX suspension trainer, and then progressing that onto uh, battling ropes and kettlebells and uh, Olympic bars and all this kind of stuff. So that's their, that's how they're moving forward. And, and from that, do you, well, to a certain degree, I, I, I read into that a little bit, that there's kind of a merger to a certain extent and kind of across, it's kind of a hybrid a little bit, isn't it, in terms of with bringing in the rings, it's kind of 
bringing that little bit of CrossFit element into it? Do you, do you, do you think, well, what would, 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 would how you say it, it's getting the best out of your training, so you might have to take different bits from everywhere. So you, you probably do a little bit of CrossFit training in, in, in your training. I don't know if that's, that's true. Do you, do you yeah, I mean, we wouldn't do necessarily like the workout of the days and all that kind of stuff. But um, we would definitely take, uh, or I would personally um, certainly look at the elements that CrossFit use, as in uh, maybe not a set amount of reps or whatever, but do we use pull-ups? Yeah, definitely. Do we use Olympic bars in our training? Yeah, definitely. Um, obviously, the kettlebells. Um, the rings I've had to play around on. It, it was it was Sod's Law that I bought a set of Olympic rings to go, yeah, let's have a play around on these. <laughs> Uh, started to play around on them, uh, realised how immensely difficult they are, um, and then it was after getting the Olympic rings that TRX um, told us that they're bringing out the duo trainer and stuff, and now that I am playing around on the duo trainer and having a go at that, it's, it's with a lot of functional training gear, it doesn't look like much, but when you start using it, it, it's, it one, it lights up a whole load of muscles you never knew you had. And two, it's it's a lot more difficult than it uh, than it looks, you know. And kind of coming the end here, and and ra- kind of wrap up the podcast. What would be a t- one tip that you would give to the listeners uh, that would kind of sum up this podcast in in, in well, I'm say in, in in a sentence as to your best tip, should I say? My best tip, there's a a question. Um, I would say the difference, I I love the phrase that functional training has made a difference in my life. So don't get me wrong, when I came out of the fire service, I honestly thought I was in really good shape because I was very much in the the bodybuilders type mold of uh, sets and reps and everything else and that's great. Um, the difference that I found that functional training has given me now is I would say I've got more muscles for show, um, oh, more muscles for go and less muscles for show. So I'm in, I'm in better shape now than I was when I left the fire service. I'm a hell of a lot older now, unfortunately. <laughs> but um, when it comes to uh, obstacle course races or um, going out and just having a friendly game of football or you know, carrying shopping and stuff or, you know, going um, climbing uh, down the local centre and stuff, that is so much easier now. Um, you know, I've done uh, obstacle course races like the Men's Health Survival and Fittest race and stuff, and you can see the difference between people who do functional training and they're able to climb up the obstacles and or get under the obstacles and run, whereas the people who might do the traditional type of exercise which um, gets you great hypertrophy and stuff and gives you a, an awesome body to look at, but then that body doesn't necessarily perform as well as it as it could do. So, um, yeah, so functional training gives you all the muscles for go uh, rather than muscles for show. So uh, if, that, if that's what you want, if that's what you need, then uh, functional training um, is, is the best thing. And, and to be honest... One of the best tips is is speak to your good self or look up a trainer. Uh, never be afraid to ask uh, for help. That's the biggest thing. Uh, you know, don't be don't be ashamed to ask for, uh, for help getting into shape, or don't be ashamed to ask for help 
uh, get nutrition advice um, and look up fellow professionals like yourself. And and kind of wrap it up there, uh, Ben. Uh, in in terms of if somebody wanted to ask you any further questions, how would they go about uh, getting hold of you on? So what what should I say? What is the best form of way of getting hold of you on social media? Yeah, so I'm on social media. I mean, I'm on Instagram um, at s3 underscore fitness um same with twitter at s3 underscore fitness uh also on facebook um s3 fitness is on facebook twitter is probably the one i check the most and get my hands on so any questions or comments feel free to uh drop us a drop us a tweet on there it's not a problem i'll be more than happy to get back to you and stuff so yeah that, that's probably the best one to get to get hold of me so once again, Ben, thanks for coming on the show and sharing your insight into functional training. No problems, mate. I appreciate being asked. It's uh, very kind of you, sir. Well, it's my, my pleasure. So and for everybody else, this podcast will be aired every Thursday. So until next week, I will see you then.